You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This morning I want to minister what is possible in Christ Jesus. What is possible in Christ Jesus? A.W. Tozer said, the most important thing about any individual is what comes to mind when you think about God. What is it that comes to mind when you think about God? He said, if you know what the leadership, or for that matter, Christianity, thinks about God, believes about God, you'll be able to predict the future of that church with accuracy. So if you know what the leadership believes about God, you can predict the future of that church with accuracy. Do you believe all things are possible? Do you believe all things are possible? In Mark 9, Jesus said to the father of the demon-possessed boy, he says, if you can only believe, everything is possible for him who believes. Just believe. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to believe. He said, all things are possible to those who believe. Matthew 19 Jesus speaking, he said, with God, all things are possible. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, all things are possible. In the book of John 14, Jesus said, the things that you've seen me doing here on earth, I'm telling you, you're going to do greater works because I'm going to my Father. Greater works. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. These are bold, courageous statements. Jesus spending time with his disciples and he's saying all things are possible. When you look at Scripture, you can see a lot of what you will do and what you will accomplish is based upon your capacity to believe. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to believe. I've seen in my Christian walk, the problem is never faith. Faith is something that we have. It's the, the word that has been deposited on the inside of us. Mustard seed word, enough for you to get saved. But it's what do you believe? Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to believe. For God's word to work in us and through us, we have to believe. The Bible teaches us that you have to confess Jesus publicly. You cannot be a secret agent when it comes to your faith. Number two, you have to believe in Him at all times. Even when you are going through a difficulty, still believe in Him. I want to talk to parents just for one minute. A warning. Train your children in the ways of the Lord. 
telling you now there's a generation that will arise, you'll see it in the next five to 10 years, a generation that will call themselves Christians, but they do not go to church, they don't read their Bibles, but they'll tell you they're Christians. Bring them to church. Train them in the way that they should go. Christianity, your salvation is based on the confession that you make with your mouth and what you believe in your heart. Your confession needs your heart's full agreement for you to be saved. There are many people saying, I'm a Christian, but they don't believe it in their hearts. Turn with me to Romans 10. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus Christ has done everything for us. We just have to believe. Turn to the person next to you say, he is risen. By his resurrection, he has demonstrated that he is worthy of being the object of our faith. The fact that Jesus is alive gives us victory over so many things. Many Christians are grateful that Jesus died for them on the cross. And that's why many people don't experience in their Christian walk new life, but only forgiveness. Remember, Romans 8 teaches us there's two laws against us, the law of sin and the law of death. Jesus dealt with sin by dying on the cross, but he dealt with death through his resurrection. This is why it's required of us to respond in faith. If you believe that Jesus is alive, when you worship him and adore him and magnify him, do it like you believe that he's alive. You know, if I'm going to greet somebody that's walking towards me, that's meeting me, I don't walk up to the person and then, the guy's going to think there's something wrong with me. He's going to think I'm rude. Don't you know I'm here? So when we approach Jesus, we should approach him like he's alive. Even when you worship him. By just raising your hand sometimes, you'll never know what God is doing in you and through you. Sometimes things that we do that seem very ordinary has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. Remember when the man of God came to the king and he said, take the arrow, hit it against the ground, and you'll have victory over your enemies. 
He just hit the arrow. The man of God said, what have you done? You'll only have three victories now, but if you slammed it against the ground, God would have utterly destroyed them. So sometimes our lethargic way of coming to God is the very thing keeping you back from the breakthrough that you need. It is that confession with your mouth and believing with all your heart that releases salvation into your life. It's not just confessing it, it's believing it. When David faced Goliath, he believed that his God was bigger than Goliath. Do you believe your God is big? Because what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing. Many of you are sitting here. When you think about God, you think, will he answer prayers? Can he answer prayers? Will he ever help me? When Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he was declaring his oneness in the Spirit with Jesus. He said, I'm joined to God, and his ability has become my ability. He said, it's not just something that I say, but it's something that I believe. Can you see that righteousness is not just something that you confess? You have to believe it. He who knew no sin became sin so that I can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that you've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus loves you. When you confess it and you believe it, this is the true sense of believing. Not just saying it. We have many Christians saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm also a believer. Do you believe it with all your heart? David, when he faced Goliath, he knew that God had sent his word already before him to keep him from destruction. He knew. He had studied the scriptures. He knew what Moses requested of the Lord. He knew that God said to Moses, I'm going to send my angel before you as you go into the promised land. Family, listen to me. Many people are here saying, Lord, give me my breakthrough. Take me into the promised land. But you don't realize that you need God even more in your promised land. Some people think, if I can just get the breakthrough, if I can just get the contract, if I can just get the money, then I don't need God anymore. I've got the money. You'll need God even more. In Exodus 33 verse 2, the Lord said, I will send my angel before you. Turn with me to Exodus 33. Let me show you quickly. If God says he's going to send his angel before you into the promised land, you know what that means? It means you'll need his presence when you receive your promise. Because now you have to maintain it. Go to verse 13. Now therefore I pray if I have found grace in your sight, Show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14. And he said, 
my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we, we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Moses is saying, I'm not going into the promised land unless you go before me. Remember, Israel is a type of the church. God is saying to us, I've gone before you. I've gone before you. I know these giants. I know these challenges, but I've gone before you. What is possible in Christ Jesus, even in what we are facing right now, when you know God has gone before you, it's time to slay a few giants. I said, it's time to slay a few giants. Do you know what you're going to have to do? If you want to slay a few giants, you're going to have to start to change your confession. Because this Christian faith is what you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. David didn't just believe that God was bigger, but he made the confession. He said to that giant, I'm going to kill you. You might think you're going to kill me, but I'm going to kill you. Because you've not come against me, you've come against my God. It was that confession that gave him possession. What have you been confessing about your future? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to have to change your confession. Confessing and believing is what brings change. Is the power unto salvation. So start to declare those things. Parents, declare positive things over your children. Declare victory over your children. That situation that you want to change. What's possible in Christ Jesus. Change your confession. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to change your confession. When Paul was saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember he said in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When he said, I can do all things, he was just saying, I'm one with God. His ability has become my ability. His strength has become my strength. When I'm weak, he'll manifest his strength. David's confession was the very thing that gave him possession. What is the impossibility that you are facing right now? Turn to the person next to you, ask them, what is the impossibility you are facing right now? If it's about my capacity to believe, Jesus said, this mountain, if you speak to it, you say to it, be moved. When you say it, when you believe it, when you receive it, you'll have it. Who have you faced a mountain sometimes and you say, oh my God, I know you can move mountains, but I don't know if you want to move this mountain or can move this mountain for me. Am I talking to the right people here? Let me rephrase it. Lord, I know you can move mountains, but I know how I've messed up in the past week or the past year. I know you can do it. I'm not sure you would want to do it for me. 
Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here this morning. Family, do you know what's the good news, the wonderful news? This man, this father, when he came to Jesus and he acknowledged his position before God, God granted him his petition. Jesus said to him, it's because of your capacity not to believe that the miracle has not taken place. But if you believe, all things are possible. He said, I believe all things are possible. Help my unbelief. When you acknowledge your weakness, when you acknowledge your sin, your fault, he is faithful and just to forgive it and to replace it with his ability. His son was delivered. Sometimes we want to be too strong. I'm the tough one. But sometimes you believe God can do it. Lord, help my unbelief. What is possible depends on my capacity to believe. But even when I feel like I don't have that faith, cannot believe when you acknowledge your position, God will help you. There's a need for you to enlarge your capacity to believe. Let me tell you something. What God has called you to do, if you can do it without faith, it's too small. A matter of fact, I want to assure you, the mantle or the calling that God has placed upon your life is bigger than you. That's why you need God. Matter of fact, the root word of mantle refers to that which is bigger than you. That's why you need God. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's normal to feel uncomfortable. When it comes to your calling, what God wants you to do, it's going to be bigger than you. That's why you have to believe. So some of you have said, how's it going to happen? I don't know, because you're looking at your own ability. Your ability to believe, your capacity to believe must be strong enough to attract and accommodate the blessings of Jesus, the privileges of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you now, you can only do that by believing, by faith. Peter, when the Lord said to him, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. What was the first thing he said? Stay away from me. I'm a sinful man. Because when you get into God's presence, you become aware of who he is, that you are actually unworthy and that he's worthy, that he's holy and you are unholy. That's why he empowers you. Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to strengthen you. But you're going to have to believe. The father of the demon-possessed boy is hope to all of us. I believe, help my unbelief. When he confessed in humility and sincerity, his need was met. Turn with me to Isaiah 54. Turn to the person next to you say, you have to enlarge your capacity to believe. Say, so that means you're going to have to stretch yourself a little bit. Let me see your hand if you've been stretched by God a little bit. 
Turn to the person, say, relax, he's just enlarging your capacity to believe. My son gyms, and the guy where he gyms, he says, it never gets easier, you just get stronger. So if you're really exercising your muscles of faith, I want to tell you, it never gets easier. You're just getting stronger and your capacity is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Not one amen. Don't stretch me. I've gone through enough. <laughs> Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. It says, get ready to enlarge your capacity to believe. Sometimes even people, when they're in sales, they never think I can sell more than this or do more than that. It's all about your capacity to believe. Turn to the person next to you and say, enlarge your capacity to believe. If you want to enlarge your capacity to believe, number one, confess your position before Christ. When you say, Lord, I believe you can do it, help my unbelief, confess your position. Number two, go and look at that calling, that which God wants you to do, and go and stretch yourself a little bit. You have to believe big. If you can accomplish what God has called you to do without faith, I'm telling you it's too small. It's too small. God is going to stretch you. Isaiah 54, if you just read on, verse 4, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. He says, if you put your trust in God, Jeremiah 17, when you put your trust in God, you will never be ashamed. Those who put their trust in God, they will always have hope. Family, listen to me. Our salvation is not of ourselves. We cannot save ourselves, but we can destroy ourselves. God is going to do a miracle. God wants to do a miracle. The truth is God wants to bless you, cause you to prosper, wants to bring restoration, the fact that you've not seen it in other people's lives doesn't mean that God is not doing it. You have to change your confession about your situation because your faith, your level of believing will never rise above your confession. Parents, listen to me. If you saying and confessing every day, you're always naughty to the children. And they're always naughty. Why are you complaining if that's what you're confessing? Your faith, your capacity to believe will never rise above your confession. When you look at Peter, 
the miracle in Acts chapter 3. It was never a question that a miracle had taken place. But what they wanted to know is how. By what power, what name have you done this? Power is not released by how many times you say Jesus. Sometimes you'll see people pray, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's not how many times you say Jesus. It's not even how long the prayers that you are praying, but how much faith is in the prayer that you are praying. Go to Acts chapter 4 quickly. Let me show you here. Peter always gives me a lot of hope. Moses that said, we're not going into the promised land unless your presence has gone before us. It was this David who said, you know what? I want to tell you something. When I was on my own, I know God had gone before me. That there was a time when a lion came and God had gone before me. As a matter of fact, when I saw a lamb in his mouth, I actually just went quickly and I got the lamb out of his mouth because I know God had gone before me. He said, he wrote in Psalm 107, I will send my word and heal them and deliver them from all destruction. Keep them away from destruction. He says, I know God is with me. If anybody wants to kill, steal, and destroy, I take it out of his mouth. He says, let me tell you a story about a lion and a bear. This giant will be exactly the same. The Holy Spirit that went before me to help me with the lion, help me with the bear, I have the same friend who will dispose of this giant. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus had walked there. Said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man. Can you see the gospel is to do good? They were concerned because they were doing good. Said the real reason is by what means he has made, been made well. How did you heal him? Let it be known to you all and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Can I tell you something? The miracle that was done was through the capacity that Peter had to believe that a man that is lame can be healed. He said to that man, he said, listen here, your focus is upon money. You're looking towards money, but I want to tell you, silver and gold I do not have. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. He said, I'll tell you how this miracle took place. By the power of the Holy Spirit that God had given us and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He did that miracle through his capacity to believe. He believed that Jesus was a healer, that Jesus was a deliverer. That's why it was possible for him in Christ Jesus. 
Do you believe Jesus is a healer? Do you believe Jesus is a deliverer? Do you believe that Jesus has gone before you? Even in what we are facing right now in this COVID season, God has gone before you to make your way straight, to make it smooth. Remember that song that the band was singing? The miracle worker, the breaker, the giant slayer. You know what's a breaker? Maybe you had some of them at school. It's the guy that walks in there and everybody just has to move away. And anybody that looks for trouble with him, he just breaks them. You know what I'm talking about? That's the world. But you that are trusting God for a breakthrough, do you know that one of God's names is the breaker? The Messiah, the anointed one, is the one who breaks the yoke. The anointing God's presence breaks the yoke. Malachi 2 verse 13, the Amplified. You can write it down. The breaker, the Messiah, will go up before them. They will break through. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to have your breakthrough because of the breaker. They will break through, pass in through the gate and go out through it, and the king will pass on before them. Who goes before you? God himself. God himself. This is why David had so much confidence, because he knew the breaker was on the battlefield when he met with the giant. He said, it's not personal. You've not come against me. You've come against my God, the breaker. He's been waiting for you. I may be arrived today, but he had gone before me. I knew that by just delivering sandwiches or cheese, God can use that to change my whole destiny. David was not a breaker. He had a friend in the Holy Spirit who was a breaker, who was a giant slayer, who was a mountain mover, who opened up the Red Sea for Israel, a type of the church, to move through to the promised land. Family, listen to me. I want to close with this. It's time for you to slay a few giants. David had confidence because he knew God had gone before him. When you look at the book of Esther, it was as dangerous for Esther to appear before the king as it was for David to appear before that giant. Because both of them could lose their lives if God was not fighting for them. Interesting about the book of Esther. Do you know that God's name is not mentioned once in the book of Esther? Sometimes we can find ourselves in a situation where we say, God, where's your name? Where are you? I find myself in a chapter in my life where I don't even hear your name. I don't see your name. Just because you don't hear or see it doesn't mean God is not working. God saved Israel, a type of the church, in that season. A matter of fact, the message to Esther was, you've been called for such a time as this. If you don't step up, 
this mantle that's been given to you, that which you think is greater than you, if you don't believe that you've been placed here by God, God will raise up another. Step up and be the deliverer, the savior of Israel. It was Daniel that knew God had gone before him to close the mouths of every lion. And he could go in there, still face the lions, but God had closed the mouth. David on the battlefield, he knew God had gone before him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what did the king say? Looks like a fourth person has gone before you. Who's there in the fiery furnace with him, with the three of them? Family, I want to assure you, what is possible in Christ Jesus when you believe that God has gone before you? Worried and concerned about tomorrow, but God has gone before you. He holds your future in his hand. Can you see the need to pray, Lord, increase my capacity to believe? Let me hear you pray. Say, precious Father, increase my capacity to believe. Increase my capacity to believe. Open my understanding that I will doubt no more, that I will fear no more, that I will worry no more. Fill me, Lord, with your presence. Enlarge my capacity to believe. I confess with my mouth, I believe with all my heart, I have found grace in your sight, that you've gone before me, that you're making my way straight, you're making them smooth, and you're dealing with all giants. Whatever I'm going to face, I believe you can do it. And when I have unbelief, help my unbelief and replace it with your kind of faith. In Jesus' mighty name, grant unto me the kind of faith you need to meet all my needs. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.